Oh shit. Here we go again. What's up, ballers? We're back. Episode 22, season two, a lot of twos. We're back this week to talk about the memorial from last weekend at the 3M coming up. And then we're going to actually take a little bit of a break to get you guys ready for the PGA Championship out of Harding Park. And that week we'll be coming at you with two episodes, a little bit of a preview, and then one kind of like after the Friday round with our take going into the weekend. So excited to do that. Thank you so much to Logan Holgerson for being a part of our Happy Hour-ish episode this week. We popped that up on the gram this morning. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Logan texted me. Actually, I guess his Instagram got hacked, so hopefully he gets that fixed. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's having an interesting day. Uh, we're not. We're having a great day. A little bit of a... Vinny and I were able to get out to the range uh, in between showers this afternoon about 3 o'clock. Uh, and get a little range session. So uh, we got everybody in the booth. Excited. Should be a fun little short episode today. Uh, Jakey, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show today. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Good, good, good. And uh, Vinny, my longstanding seven-year relationship is coming to a very close with you soon. He, he announced yesterday that we're, we're breaking up and he's moving out to his girlfriend's house uh, in like two weeks. So, My brother, I'm sorry. What's going on, friends? Yes, it's true. I have a new recording studio in about a month. Can I ask a quick question about this? Vince, have you had them out there digging the fiber for the uh, <laughs> for the internet upgrade yet or no? So it's funny you say this. Um, her community is so far from the city that uh, there's no AT&T or Xfinity or any big name internet provider oh, down there. The satellite. Uh, we don't have to go satellite. There's a company, I guess, called InTouch, E-N, Touch. No free ads. Yes, no free ads. <laughs> and uh, I don't really know what they do. It seems like they're absolutely going to fuck me for a decent internet. Uh, but we're going to have to do it. So here we are. All right. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, Jake, before we get into the things, dude, I got to hear about the sandbagger yesterday. Oh, talk, my hear God. About it. All right. Here we go. Here we go. So... Um, I'll make this quick. My game has been slightly slipping, mainly because I've just been really struggling off the tee. So I wasn't feeling great going in this match anyway. And um, Tyler and I, my, my partner Tyler and I, uh, get to the range. It's about six billion degrees. And the guy who's running this, who works in the pro shop, he, he says, Here, here's your card. It's got all the dots on it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I look at the card. Um and the, the two guys are playing against one of them. I know a little bit. He's playing as a two. I'm playing as a four. Ty's playing as a seven. And the, the other guy's partner is playing as an 18. So I'm like, man, this is going to be an uphill battle. But not only did he play as an 18, I think he shot a similar score to his partner. Now, I'll tell you right now, we Tyler and I did not play good enough to win this match overall. Um, I held it together for us on the front, and then I had nothing on the back, and he put up a, a good effort on the back to keep us in it. But on the front, I shot three over 39. The 18, quote-unquote 18 handicap shot like five over with an X and a birdie. So... I mean, we were getting just smoked. If I was making a par, I was probably losing the hole is what it came down to. Um, wow. And then we 
put up a good fight to get it deeper into the match and to kind of hold it together. Hit a good shot on 15, which is a par three. And I had like actually a pretty long two putt to make because of a, a weird bounce. And I make this two putt and I'm walking to the 16th tee and he goes, oh, he, you know, come back. You know, it's the match is done. I get a shot here. I was like, you, it's like a 130 yard par three. The dude got a shot on it. And he made, he had like a tap in par. He had like a 10 footer for birdie that he missed. He tapped in par and, and won it. So that was that. And that's, that's why if you're a low handicap folks, don't, don't go with another single digit handicap in these uh, little games. Cause you're going to get absolutely smoked by somebody. Sounds like that too knew what he was doing. Yeah. And like, he really didn't play good. I think he shot like 44 on the front and then he was pretty good on the back. He was like two over going into, or one over going into 15 on the back. So he, he played pretty good, but, uh, I mean, we didn't get beat by the two. We, we got beat by the 18. So it's it, see, I don't like that. They do that. Cause I know like, um, well, I guess uh, Tom, myself and Patty are joining a club country club here in houston big, that's also big news i guess I big changes over yeah. in uh, your neck of a lot of changes yeah we're looking forward to it kind of it came out of nowhere uh pine forest is the country club it's out kind of west houston about 20 minutes from our house really looking forward to that we'll be putting up some content once we get up and running there um but they do it's flighted so like you can't be a certain gap from your right. partner uh which i really like because then you don't have this situation where you you're like two three handicaps playing against an 18 well, and you know, the other thing too, and not to go long on this, but when you're playing match play, there's, you know, there's a, sometimes a little bit of strategy, especially if you're playing a better ball with like someone maybe playing it safe. And if someone's got more of a green light or, you know, uh, whatever that might be, or, you know, I, I'm going to try to hit this crazy recovery shot because my partner's in a good spot. I mean, we knew by the fifth hole that we had to basically try to birdie everything. And that like just changes the way that you play totally and completely, you know, you're not you're hitting driver where you should hit driver and you're going for pins that are on the absolute back tip of a green. And, uh, it just changes the way you play, you know, across the board. So it didn't even matter where this guy was half the time because he, he was always getting a shot I mean, and, and basically he was never putting for anything other than bogey uh, or par. And then, like I said, the one birdie. So, uh, we were, we were fighting an uphill battle the whole time. I mean, for us to get it to, down one turning was huge, but in the end, it just didn't matter. Well, damn, man. Uh, yeah. Always next year. And you're still in it singles, right? You're still in the singles? Yep, or? still in singles. Yeah, should be All playing right. that match in the next week. So. All right, good deal. Well, uh, on from the match play championship to the Memorial Tournament last week, Jack's Tournament, always a fun obstacle, uh, spectacle to watch. Normally with a lot of fans, obviously it's a – Spectator-friendly golf course, and one that uh, I think this is maybe the first year I paid attention all four rounds. Mm. Uh, you know, I know that the golf course is really good. My dad's actually had the pleasure of playing there when he worked for Jack a long time ago. It was probably like 30 years ago. Um, maybe not that long, 20 years ago. But he said it was, you know, one of the best golf courses he'd ever played. It was really, really hard. Um, and I think a couple of years in a row, the players have voted it as like the toughest tour stop other than the majors. So... I was expecting some lower scores, especially after play, people just kind of lit that place on fire the week before for the uh, Workday charity event. Although I wasn't expecting quite what they got. So I didn't know that Jack was getting ready to do a full redesign. Like as soon as people finished the one hole, yeah. they had bulldozers and shit on there. So that was pretty crazy. Um, 
Rom went into Sunday. He played very well. Uh, you know, kind of funny because we had talked about him a little bit last couple episodes that he was riding hot before the break. And then after the break, he hadn't been playing very well. Well, he caught fire this weekend uh, and Tony kind of choked on Saturday or, or he did choke. He didn't kind of choke. He did choke to kind of give him that four shot lead going into Sunday. Um, Vinny, I'd love to get your thoughts on on how disappointed you were in Tony. And do you think that this is just becoming a reoccurring theme that he just can't get it done when it's when it matters? I'm going to say no. I, I I know he's got the the ability to shoot some really low rounds like he did Thursday. Um, I think he just needed to hold it together through Friday, Saturday, a little bit better. And then obviously Sunday was just, you know, icing on the cake in a day when I think the scoring average was almost 77. So five shots over par. And I would say that you could have expected that from most people that day. Um, He really needed to shoot par you know, or better on Saturday to, to really have a chance. So the fact that he kind of got off the gas and had no chance, it's just, it was disappointing, but I'm still a big Tony fan. I think he gets that done in any other conditions and any other course uh, with that kind of hot start. I just think Memorial got the best of him. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. Like you said, everybody shot over par except for Fitzpatrick, who shot four under. You birdied the first hole, shot four under, moved day. himself up 15 spots to third place solo with Bones on the bag. So nice little check there for Bones uh, as he's getting ready to go back into retirement because I know Fitzpatrick's caddy's back on the bag uh, next week at the WGC. Um, you know, it was one of those things where obviously – Tiger didn't do what I thought he was going to do. There was a lot of rust. I know Jake, you and I talked about that. Um, and it's been well documented that we've talked about that. He's just not, I mean, I know he's older and he's going to pick and choose and really just play around the majors. But I mean, if he wants to prepare for those big events, he's got to play more. So that's why I'm hoping he ends up playing next week at the WGC. If he doesn't, he's got zero chance of winning the PGA just because it's so hard to go like three weeks off, one week on three weeks off, one week on. Um, but where I was going with that is that I watched him tee off early and saw some of these high scores and, and knew automatically that no one was going to contend with Rom with the four shot lead and just how difficult it was out there uh, on Sunday. He ended up getting the job done. Like we said, a lot of people shot over par. It wasn't just Tony on Sunday. Tony shot two over or shot six over. Um, but everybody else on the top of this leaderboard was here. Rom shot three over Palmer shot two over Jason Day actually only shot one over, but everybody else, five over, three over, one over, two over, as you go down the list, pretty wild. Um, Ryan Palmer, another guy who has never lost his card, been on tour for 16 years now, made a lot of money. Uh, I think he's only got two wins. He actually has a win with Rom last year at the uh, team event in Zurich at uh, New Orleans. Uh, So funny that he was in a final pairing there, a very comfortable pairing for both of them on Sunday. Uh, uh, Jake, any real, uh, thoughts that maybe Ron might give this up when we were going in the round on Sunday? I just, I, I knew there was big swings out there, right? I mean, the course was getting so firm on Saturday afternoon. Um, and that's part of, I think, you know, we saw with Finau, he took some aggressive, uh, aggressive lines in situations late Saturday and it got him into trouble. And I kind of knew where the course was going. 
So, yeah, I mean, I thought if Rom came out and wasn't tuned in, for sure. Like, there was a chance that it could swing in either direction. The only thing is, I mean, that, that front nine from him was just so good, it's hard to explain. Like, it's not even about scoring. It's more just about, right. like, being able to survive um, that stretch, those nine mm-hmm. holes, but, you know, while keeping it together, making a few berries, making a few bur- just kind of, like, hovering, which nobody else could do, really, at that point. And so, yeah, once I saw him get through, I think it was, like, that, the sixth hole, I was like, yeah, there's just no, there's nothing right. happening today. It's just, everybody's just going to hover. Some people are going to fall, but he's, you know, I thought he had it in the bag at that point. I mean, he had an eight-shot lead as they made the turn. Like you said, he just, he took care of business on the front nine. He hit fairways. He birdied the two par fives, turned it two under. And then, in a little bit of a rocky start on the back. On 10, he made a bogey. 11, he made a double. This is one of those things where I think we talked about it last week. Is like he he is a hothead, but dude, when you have an eight right. shot lead, I guess at that point it was seven going to eleven when he hit his tee shot, ob, um, and made some bad decisions there. Like, dude, you don't need to be slamming your club. You've got a five shot lead. Just relax. That's where the caddy needs to reel him in a little bit. Just say you need to just take a breath. You're gonna be okay. I think that's still one thing he needs to work on. Obviously, he's got four or five wins now on the PGA Tour. And he's the fourth youngest guy to be ranked for number one overall in the world. So he's doing it right, but there's just a couple of things I think he needs to clean up. And then I think he's in the realm of where he could rattle off three or four wins a year. Um, I'm interested on 14 on, on both Saturday and Sunday. I thought this is where Finau lost the tournament. So last or the week before the work day on 14, they moved everybody up. So you could kind of go for the green this week. Jack has it designed. It's 367. Finau tried to go for it both Saturday and Sunday. Or on Saturday, he didn't actually try to go for it. He hit his approach shot in the water, which was from like 90 yards, which is just unacceptable. And then on Sunday, it was kind of under the gun. I know he wasn't going to win the tournament, but could have top three it. And he tried to go for the green. Is that just a bad decision? Or do you think he's just really like, I don't really care. I'm, I'm still trying to win this tournament at that point. I, I mean, I'm open to thoughts from either one of you here. I don't know. I would say it's a bad decision, but I also think it's part of probably what like plagues Tony Finau a little bit is it must be really hard to be a guy who can like fill it up, like make, I think last year he had the highest uh, birdie percentage on tour. So this is a guy that makes a lot of birdies and obviously makes some bigger numbers and some bogeys too. And just imagine like you, you've been rolling really for literally from Wednesday, right? Vince watched him on right. Wednesday. was like, I'm taking this guy. So from Wednesday until like the 15th hole on Saturday, you really haven't missed. And then all of a sudden it starts coming in bunches. And I think it's hard to shut your brain off and say like, you know, I, maybe I don't have this right now. Maybe if this was a couple days ago, yeah, I go for this at 367, but I don't have it today. I, I, for Tony, I just think it's win or bust now like a top three we know he can right. do it right so he probably was like whatever i'm if i if i make something happen that's incredible and if i don't i don't yeah. i'm really yeah. i'm really not upset about him really playing for the w out there um i mean he can do it dude i just I, i'm, I I'm, just, uh, I'm upset i'm upset that uh saturday he didn't have it in the back of his head to 
he had to retain and and not take some of the risks that he that he did. And Sunday he had to, and he paid the same price he did Saturday. So I don't know. It is what it is. It, it's a tough. I think it was mentally tough playing in those conditions too. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm brutal! Not too, I'm not brutal. too worried about his future. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. No, he's going to get a win. I I think he'll be the guy to break the curse for the Puerto Rico Open winners. But yeah, I mean, just some questionable decisions. Like we said, it was really, really, really tough out there on Sunday. I mean, it was just brutal. What After did you that think rough of the, was, the setup, Doug? I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, I think we texted. This I, I I was it you brought up a point or maybe Vinny I think like every three weeks or four weeks you should have an event like this. That's what I said. Yeah. To yeah. get everybody back to level par because you know it's funny I, I didn't even realize my I was with my dad um, to watch the event on Sunday and he brought up a good point. He's like for the tournament we heard all about how Bryson hits the shit out of it. Yep. And hits it far and is make, and killing all these golf courses. And the week he didn't hit fairways, he got absolutely murdered and was nowhere to be seen and nobody talked about it. So I think it was interesting as we all talked a little bit last week. And I think Jack talked on most of the uh, most of the days about he wants the ball turned back. I, I didn't think that it was an issue this weekend because the golf course neutralized them. I mean, hey, good for him. If he's hitting at three, 370 and hitting it straight then good, which he's been doing. In most of the events. Now, some of them he's been hitting it in the rough and been getting lucky because it hasn't been as thick. But this week, um, he obviously what well, didn't have his A ball striking weekend week. Right. And it just was one of those things where you didn't really um, hear anything about it. And I thought that was a good point that my dad brought up. So interested to get your thoughts on that, too, Jake. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I think Bryson is, I mean, I'm glad your dad brought it up because that was the example that I was going to, right? He's played so well since we came back from the break and since he's gone through all these changes and gained all this speed. And that's not to say that there aren't going to be weeks where he doesn't uh, play well, right? This could have just been one of those weeks. But I look at it like this. The long rough is part of it, and I'm not generally a fan of, like, every course having the longest rough. I don't think that necessarily helps things. But the fairways being firm, the greens being really, really firm and really, really quick – I mean, it clearly affects him and it affects uh-huh. other players too in that it's not just about where you're going to fly the ball and land it. It's about where it's going to end up. And those guys don't always look at it like that because they're used to playing on these little, you know, these sponges out there where they're hitting driver and maybe they're getting 15 yards of roll. I mean, guys were getting like 90 yards of roll on some of those fairways. So if you're taking the wrong angle or you're trying to take on a bunker and you catch the downslope off the back of it or something like that, they were rolling into some horrible lies. And then you also see a guy like Bryson, who we've documented before, has had trouble since coming back with like uh, mid irons and wedges in terms of being able to control spin and flight. And he couldn't get those those, um, shots to land in areas where they were going to reward him. Like, good shots were not rewarded this week. Only the best. Great shots were rewarded. And so, yeah, I mean, I I like the setup so much. And even if it wasn't with the long rough, I think the score still would have been really, really um, uh, low. Or, sorry, high. It would have been closer to par. Um, And seeing Bryson make that 10 was just amazing. I fucking loved it. I mean, he missed the cut because of that. Oh, yeah. But, like... He berates a rules official. 
And then he does like a straight up. This was like the most Vince thing ever. I almost I was like trying to text you guys and I forgot to do it where he he takes the drop and then hits three wood out of the rough, hits it out of bounds and then does it again. I was like, yeah, I, I've <laughs> seen this move. I've seen this move before right here. <laughs> That's awesome. Vinny, you so, want to defend yourself? <laughs> nah, that's like circa 2011, man. I'm not, I'm not sweating that shit. No, I have that. I have. They just maybe it reminded me of one video when I first came down to Houston. I still have it on my phone somewhere where we're playing uh, at um, Black Horse, and Vince is in a bunker, and the lip is like, it's right in front of him, and he. Go, I'm like, what are you hitting out of this? I have it on video. I have to send it to you guys later. What are you hitting out of this? And he goes, oh well, I'm getting, I'm hitting three wood out of this. I'm like, what? He goes, oh yeah, three wood. And just pounds it in the lip as hard as he can. So that made me, that kind of gave me Bryson vibes for this weekend. But um, yeah, no man, I I loved the I love the course setup. I I think like I said, once once a month, having it set up really tough is should be yeah like mandatory. I would love it. I agree. I think it was it was great. I mean, for great television, it kind of sucked that there was nobody really in contention there with Rom on Sunday. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was really fun. It was tough to see all those guys challenged. Uh, those greens were ridiculous. That chip in, although it ended up being a bogey for Rom because the stupid, they said he moved the ball and the ball moved like one dimple. So dumb. Um, was yeah, a, that I was mean, an unbelievable chip in. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, and without um, a camera, unfortunately, I don't think he could have seen it. So I don't blame him for uh, not calling a penalty on himself. And I think without a camera, it's not even close to getting called. So that's a tough one, but yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but they, the new rule is it has to be seen by the naked eye. Like I know whatever. I, I'm, I'm not here to argue about rules right now. Agreed. Uh, okay. So that was it for the Memorial. Always a great tournament. Excited to see what the new updates are next year for the renovations that Jack's doing. He said he's not completely ripping up the whole course, but He's going to be adding some bunkers here and here. It sure there. looked that way. Yeah. yeah he no. said it's going to feel like a pretty new course uh, for, yeah. for quite a few holes. So I'm excited. Well, he said that I guess the membership doesn't love the current layout because it's kind of set up for the pros, and he's trying to make it a little bit more friendly for the for the members. Not to mention but, those but last also, like, four holes are stinky. It, yeah, that's true. It is true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. All right. So congrats to Rom, number one player in the world. How long do you think he keeps that that ranking, Jake? I'm gonna go throughout. The, you think he'll keep he'll have it by the end of major season this year, which I guess we'll say is Christmas. No, because Rory, Rory will win a tournament in there, and I think he'll be too close on points to. Um, I think one win will essentially just jump him up. Now, again, if Rom wins another tournament or a major, then that's a different story, but. I don't think he holds on to it super long. I think by the end of the calendar year, Rory has it back. I mean, it's tough. I think JT's within a win as well in terms of points. Oh, there's a couple guys. There's Weber. Webb, yeah. Oh, DJ's in front of Webb, which is nuts. Webb went back a bunch. Yeah, (laughs) Webb had a a tough look this week for Weber. I mean, it's so crazy. Like Adam Scott's still in the top 10. I had no idea. Yeah, yep. The world ranking thing is stupid. Too. It is dumb. It's a terrible <laughs> system. Um, all right. 3M open this week. Matt Wolf defending it was his fifth start last year. I think got the win. Something like that. Yeah. Crazy walk off Eagle after Bryson had just made a birdie. Uh, so just an incredible story last year. We were like, Oh, Wolf, he's going to be the man. No, right now it's more Kyle and Hovland. We'll see if Wolf can get it going. Um, 
I do want to note it, mention real quick before we talk about the 3M and get our picks in. Uh, today was the first time that the PGA Tour University rankings came out for the top 15. So, the new cool thing that the PGA Tour is doing. Uh, the top 15 guys in college. Uh, I don't know how it's ranked. I think it obviously ranked off of how they do, but I think it's it, they have to be a senior graduating. It's not like guys coming out early. Um, those guys, either fourth or fifth year seniors, get placement on the Corn Ferry Tour. So the guys that are ranked first through fifth, which I know number one is uh, John Pack, who's the guy, I think he's the number one amateur in the world right now. He's from Florida State, um, or top three amateur in the world. He, so the t- one through five are getting full exemption next year for the Corn Ferry, and they're getting into the Corn Ferry finals this year. So they could potentially go straight into uh, the PGA Tour. Uh, looks like Austin Eckroat, guy from Oklahoma State, on the list. Davis Thompson from Georgia, Sandy Scott, Texas Tech, and Arizona State's Chun on you. Chun on you. Nice. Is going. So those five guys getting full status, and then six through 15 get uh, a little partial status on the uh, Corn Ferry next year. So excited to see how that works out. I think that's a great program because that it's kind of like what college basketball and those things where they're trying to encourage people to stay for four or five years and get their degrees. Where, or I guess opposite of that, where basketball is like, hey, go for one year and then get the fuck out and go get your money. So we'll see what happens uh, there. Good luck to those guys. On to the 3M for this week. Power rankings quickly. We got Chucky Three Sticks is 15th. Will Gordon, who might have the tightest pants on tour. We talked about this a little <laughs> bit earlier. 14th. Patrick Rogers, 13th. Doc Redman, 12th. My boy Russell Henley, 11th. Coming off a of T7 at the workday. Uh, Luke List, 10th. Eric Van Royen. Speaking of pants, best pants on tour or the worst pants on tour? I don't know. Jakey, are you a you, – I feel like you'd be a, a short pants guy. A joggers guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm too short for that. <laughs> That's a bad look on a short human being. Yeah, I, I can't. Agree. I can't. Yeah, we, there's just not enough leg there to be able to pull that off. <laughs> Lucas Glover, 8th. Henrik Norlander, 7th, who I had never heard of until last week. Uh, is he Swedish, right? Yeah, Swedish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Hoffman, 6th. Fairway Jesus back on the field, I think, for the first time since, I believe it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood's fifth. Finau, fourth. And has Finau played every week since the restart? He's, no, no. He has not played every week, but I think he's only missed one. He's played a ton. Yeah, interesting. Because I feel like he's definitely going to play in the WGC next week. I don't know. I would think, I w- I would think he would. Uh, DJ, third. <laughs> Matt Wolf second. And... Interesting here. Harris English is first on the power rankings. <laughs> I think I saw something about him having 10 top 20s in his last 20 starts yeah, nine or top 20 this season. There you go. So interesting. I, I, I guess he was T13 last week at the Memorial. So uh, Kafka playing as well, which I think is interesting because he complained about his knee was bothering him last week. So very interested why he's playing. Yeah, uh, Paul Casey making his first start of the year. Love Paul Casey. Best forearms in golf. Uh, Bubba Watson and Chris Kirk. Also other notables that finish outside the top 15 in the power rankings. Uh, we had our first tie of the week last week. Your boy can't lay. Choked on the last three holes, Vinny, or uh, Jakey, which yes, I loved. So I, I did not get one point. I got two. 
Vinny's want Vinny won it, but Jake, where's where's the overall points at? All right, you actually got three points, by the way. Um, I got three. Yes, because Rory beat him by one, actually. In the Let's end. go. Yep. So Dude. it's forty-five to Vince with his female pick. Um, I have thirty-seven at the end of this week with Cantlay, who for a hot minute there I thought was going to make a run. Uh, and then uh, 28 for Doug with a big three-pointer that he needed this week. So That's there you go. So 45, Vinny. What, how many do you have, Jake? 37 for me and 28 for you. Holy shit, I got a long way. All right. You got a, you need a win in a second, dude. And you're right. there. I know. We need Vinny to get a couple ones is what we need. We do. We <laughs> need some ones out of the kid. Come on, man. Uh, all right, Jake. Well, you are up first this week. Um. Yeah, I'm going to keep it simple, and I just don't think that I have another tournament for him. And I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Matt Wolf to repeat this week, simply wow. because yeah, I think he's actually played better than we've given him credit for. He has missed some cuts here and there, and we know that he um, he really didn't have it a couple weeks ago when he had a chance to to snatch one away and, and win one. But um, I I think it's a good course for him. I think he's probably going to have some good vibes, and this field stinks. So even if he doesn't play that great, I still think he'll be um, somewhere in that top 20 range this week. Love it. Um, I did see in the charity th- event this morning, which stunk at 2 o'clock today, I guess, because they played a, a scramble. and there was Scramble's like no competition. horrible. Yeah. I mean, if they're scrambling against each other, fine, in teams of two, which is what I thought it was, that would have been okay because there's a little competition. Right. But Four man is done. And, and it's for charity, so don't think I'm saying, hey, charity right. sucks. No, I'm, it's awesome that they're doing this, and I think it's great because we get to see the course a day early. But give us a little competition in there. The first two that they did were awesome. So let's just, you know, let's try to figure something out. I'm sure they're going to do something every week they can right now until there's a Pro-Ams back. But let's go with what's working and, and don't change it up. Um I saw Wolf on the first hole. He was talking about he won last year. He was 20 years old. He said he didn't drink that weekend. How much BS is that? That's a massive lie. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. As as Maury would say, that, sir, is a lie. No doubt. You are not the father. You are not the father. You are the drinker, though. No, 100%. I was like, come on, dude. You're, it's a year later. No one's going to bust your balls if you say, oh, I got hammered after I drank last year. Let me ask you this about Matt Wolf real quick, because we've had enough. I, I, this is off topic, and I know you got to make your pick, but we've, oh, had some, we, we've had some exposure to this kid at this point, right? Do you guys feel that Matt Wolf is as corny as I feel Matt Wolf is? 100%. I know Vince yes. agrees with you. I said it. I said it to Doug today as soon as I heard him on the microphone the first time. And I was like, this guy does not need to be mic'd up at all. No. No, like I think everybody went with this idea that like he's from California and he's like, you know, he's a George Gankus guy. And, you know, Gankus is always doing these, you know, he's wearing the flat bill and, you know, hitting balls and sandals. So he must be cool or whatever. And then we saw him at the charity match and I wanted them to shut his mic off so much. And Fowler was literally like, dude, shut up. Like you heard him say a couple of times, like you might want to keep your mouth shut. And now you have him in these like every time he gets interviewed, every time I see him doing Something for he did like a big thing for Golf Digest and it was just so cringy. I think he is like low key, really dorky and not that entertaining to me at all. Yeah, the, golf, 100%. the golf world didn't let him be that. They were like, oh, this kid's out here and muscle the golf ball. You know what I mean? Like right out the gate, they they gave him the stigma, long bombs away, 
you know, I don't know, man. Wayne Golf. I, like, but they didn't let him be like Bryson. I'm not saying he is, but what I'm saying no. is they didn't let him kind of. I, I felt like there was some well, stigma around his name before he even started. Who's a, who's a golfer that you think is quote unquote cool? Like who's like a cool golfer? Like Tommy Lee, Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Yeah. Fleetwood. Cool as shit, right? Right. So Graham McDowell, we talked about, he's just like, he's one of the boys, right? Even in that match with like, I think Rory has a little bit of that to him. I don't get, I just do not get that vibe from Matt Wolf. I get that vibe more from Hovland than I get it from Wolf. But that's just me. I agree. We're going down the wrong hole here, but I have a question now that we're talking about it. Who's the one one guy on tour you'd want to have a beer with? Oh, man. There's not, I I needed time to get this list together, I feel like. I think I would have a drink with Max Homo over the last year. Oh, that's a really, really. I'm not sure I'd want him to rip my swing. I would. Rip me apart, Max. Come on, dude. He he would shred that thing. That's a really good one, Max Homo. Um,. Who would I want to have a beer? I'd with? love to drink with Shane Lowry. That's my guy. Oh man, he would drink. He would drink all three of us oh, against no him. Doubt. If, it was a, if we were scrambling against him in, <laughs> in the bar, he would kill us. No you doubt. Know, I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with Rory. I feel like Rory would just be like so freaking cool to just chill with. But I, I get, he might not even drink. He might just hop on the Peloton. Like I, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. We're back to the picks. Uh, take your pick, Doug. I am going with, because, I don't, again, I don't think I'll take him ever again this year. I'm going with the glove man, Lucas Glover, is my pick. <laughs> Who doesn't wear a glove. He's a man after my own heart. Uh, hopefully his wife doesn't beat him. Hopefully he plays well this weekend. Yikes. So, yeah, no, Glover's been playing well, though, over the last year or two. So he's one of those guys that kind of sneaks up on the leaderboard every yeah. now and then. If he could just putt. Man. I'm going with Glover. Glover seems to be a popular pick this week in the big pool, Doug. Which I think is he is, fine. Yeah. You you need to make up some ground, so good for you. Um, it's funny. I I looked at this picks. I've done did some research. I was like, I looked at the top thirty. I'm like, there's not a lot of big names. Who's been playing well? And we've talked about both of these people in the cast already tonight. Uh, and I I'm I'm between Henrik Norlander and Eric Van Royen right now, sitting here looking at the board. Um, mm. Van Royen, I don't know if you guys knew this, but he played college ball in Minnesota. So he's very familiar with this course, apparently. Uh, very comfortable. And then you got Norlander, who's gone from the last four weeks, top 30, top 20, top 15, top 10, going into trending. this week. So he's trending really well, too. Um, I think I'm going to take Henrik Norlander this week to win. Wow. I love, love it. it. Love that. That's awesome. Great, great uh, research there, too. Yeah, Vince digging deep in the well. Yeah, man. I had to. Uh, I looked at the top ten, and I'm like, I got nobody left and or there's people I don't want to use. Right. Like, you know, Tony, I used Fleetwood at the beginning of the year. Obviously, Brendan Todd, I think he withdrew this week. Um, Toddster. Yeah. Can we talk about Fleetwood for a half second, too? Yeah. The guy comes over, has to quarantine for two weeks. Did you hear where he quarantined? Nope. All right. He's out on Long Island in the Hamptons playing Friars Head, National <laughs> Golf Links, and Shinnecock. For two weeks, he played three of the best, most exclusive golf courses in the world. How is that quarantining? I, listen, somebody granted it to him, 
but that's what I know he did. He's up. That's he incredible. It's unbelievable. I was like, I, I don't even know if I go play a tour event. I would just freaking stay out there and play those three. I mean, unbelievable. What a way to do it for the guy. I mean, smart move by him. It's the quickest flight location for him yep, to the States. Yep, for sure. I'm sure the weather out there right now is perfect. Oh, it's nice. Oh, what a Hot, nice move. Nice. Great move yeah. by him. All right. So we got uh, Wolf by Jake. I'm taking Glover, and Vinny is taking the Norlander. Good, 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 good. We'll see what happens this week for the 3M. Next week, we got uh, WGC action, although I know yeah. they've been struggling to get some people, so it'll be interesting to see what that field is like since it's uh, you know, the week before the first major of the year. And it's also not a close in proximity uh, going from, what is that? Where are they not? No, Memphis, right? Memphis to Memphis uh, and Minnesota. Out to uh, California. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. Going to be definitely weird. Uh, no fans at a WGC, but even weirder with no fans at a at a major championship. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, that's really all I got on 3M this week. Uh, you know, not that it's a horrible event, just not one of the glamorous ones. After we've had some some really good events and great fields uh, the last couple of weeks, Jake or Vince, any any thoughts? No, I've got nothing else. I'm good, man. Not a lot of closing comments on this. I just I want to see the opposite of last week <laughs> you want to see the shootout I, I do i want to see a shootout after last week yeah definitely well you're gonna get one yeah i think as long as yeah I, yeah i'd like to let's see one of those weeks where what was it like fort worth or the other ones where it was like 35 guys within three shots yeah on sunday that's what i want if yeah, it's this, gonna be a 20 under round this golf course does not separate like who's playing great from who's playing okay so i think you're gonna get that you're gonna have a lot of guys clustered Awesome. Well, we'll see another great week of golf. We will not be playing much golf here in Houston. It's supposed to rain for the next like 12 days because there's a tropical depression sitting off of the coast right now. It's beginning to be hurricane season, so it's going to be like that for the next couple months. Uh, but before we go, we had a little bit of a club fitting fiasco in our group. Well, not fiasco, but just a little bit of uh, come out of nowhere. Two of us, myself and Jake, went to get fitted. Jake, you want to talk about your experience first? You went for, you go for everything? No, just driver as well. Just driver. All right, yeah. so perfect. We both did driver fitting. Let's hear about it. Yeah, so I thought it was a good thing to bring up for us on the pod, you know, the fact that we both went for driver fittings and, and we, we both went for like elaborate driver fittings. We didn't go to, you know, like your local big box store or your local sporting goods store and, you know, hit some stock clubs and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, for me, just an interesting experience, really eye-opening what you can do with equipment if it's tweaked correctly. Um, and I told you guys already, but you know, to kind of illustrate it, I, I went into my fitting and I had some things that I wanted to see, which was I wanted to gain a little distance without really giving up too much of my accuracy. And I didn't want to go into a driver that I didn't like the look of. I'm really particular with like the look of the club at address. So mm -hmm. I made that known immediately. And, uh, my, my fitter, Rob, who was really good. He was like, Hey, how much information do you want? And I was like, I want it all. I want to know everything possible. And so I hit a couple with my driver and then we started going through this process of, of tweaking things. And, I mean, in the end, we found, you know, oh, oh, just over 15 yards total. And I was really, really surprised with, you know, just little things, right? Like tweaking, tweaking the loft and getting me in a shaft that acts a little bit differently. And, mm -hmm. you know, getting the head weight to a point where I really liked it. 
um, in terms of feel, allowed me to be more aggressive. And that was awesome. Now, the bummer of the whole thing was the driver I got fitted for was $1,000, which <laughs> I still can't get over the fact that in the end, the best setup for me, and it truly was the best setup, I hit tons of different shafts, tons of different um, heads, tons of different lengths, weights, everything. I couldn't get over the fact that I had it. There was one driver I could have bought that would have been like $600. And then the one that I ended up getting fit for was over a thousand dollars in the end. So pretty, pretty wild, but, um, an interesting experience that, I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and get fit for my irons. Even if I don't buy new irons, I'm just going to go get fit for, um, shafts just to make sure I have the right shafts mm -hmm. in my, uh, in my clubs coming up soon, I think. What, what is your experience like? Well, oh, before ahead. I get into it, I have a couple questions. So, yeah. uh, again, I'm just basing this off of mine. So, I, I'm one of those guys that when I go into anything in life, when I'm buying something, I, I have an idea of what I want to buy. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes, like with my Mizuno irons, I'm completely like thrown off and mm -hmm. go with that. Did you go in there being like, all right, I'm not, I definitely am not walking out of here with, let's say, Callaway. I'm not saying Callaway was the one, but. Is there one you walked in and you were like, man, I really want to walk out with this driver fitting? Or are you one of those guys that doesn't really matter? You just want to play the best thing that's optimized for you? Um, well, like I said, the look matters. And I generally don't like the way that Callaway clubs look, uh, drivers especially. So mm -hmm. I was kind of like, well, maybe not. But I was willing to try it. And I did try it. I actually walked. I really wanted a sim. I walked in thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna get joining fit. the sim sim team. Sim, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be renting in Sim City, and um, <laughs> you know what? It it wasn't even, it wasn't even close for me. Now, for other people, I'm sure that's the best fit for them, um, but for whatever reason, for me, we couldn't get the the numbers between launch and spin with the sim correct, and I wasn't getting the same ball speed." because I wasn't hitting it in the middle as much with the sim for whatever reason. Um, and then the, the driver that surprised me and it was actually the number two contender was, um, the Mizuno driver, which, what model is it this year, Vince? The ST 200, I believe. Okay. And that thing looked so pure and felt freaking, it was the best feeling driver. I think I've ever hit. It was incredible in terms of feel. Um, but again, it just wasn't quite there in terms of ball speed. And then I, I played ping. I play I play a G four hundred LST, and he put me in a uh, G four ten LST. And honestly, almost immediately, the numbers just went way up. Um, and that was with two different shaft options. So actually, that <clears throat> club was my number one and my number two ranked driver when it was all said and done, just with two different shaft options. And then the Mizuno number three, Sim number four. Maverick number five and then Cobra number six. I didn't hit the Cobra all that much. I just didn't really like the look of it. So, so that was like, that's where it was, um, in the end. But yeah, I, I tried to go in with no preconceived notions at all. I tried my best. Right. Uh, so yeah, I went in for, I went to club champion. I don't know where you went. That that's you what went I went well? to club okay. champion as well. Mm -hmm. No. Um, I will throw them a uh, plug. Sure. Yep. For sure. Um, so I went there. It was awesome. I told Vinny when I'm, older and rich and famous i want to have a wall with shafts like they do when you walk in it's just like hey, i'm gonna hit this shaft today it was awesome i feel like it was in like a candy store for adults <laughs> um so yeah I, hit, I did the same thing so i'm hitting the uh, epic callaway epic right now which is la i guess the uh, two seasons ago is now model um behind the maverick and uh 
he asked me the same thing. My fitter did a great job. He said, Hey, we're going to hit, you know, about eight shots with, with your driver. We're going to get a little bit of a, <clears throat> a, a benchmark and then we're going to hit everything. I was like, okay. He said, he asked me the same thing. He's like, what do you not want to hit? I told him, I don't want to hit the ping driver. Uh, although I did have the ping in the past and I really liked it. And I actually ended up hitting the ping. I hit everything. I started with the Maverick, hit the Maverick for a while. And then I hit, uh, the Sim. I hit the Cobra. I hit the ping. I hit the Titleist. I think we first did shaft. So we, we hit the Maverick. We went with the Maverick cause they didn't have any Epic heads there. So we went with the closest thing to what I had. We tested about 15 shafts. Vinny was like, Hey, put this shaft in his club, put that shaft in his club. <laughs> there are some of the best uh, ones he hit too. I only, I only, so, I only suggested one actually, and he didn't have the other one, um, in Vinny, the swing weight that he, he wanted to put you in. So wait, I need, I need to back this up. To Vinny's all thing. about the counterbalanced. I, want, I just wanted went to went into a fitting with I, a certified fitter and told him to put yes, a shaft no, in your No, I just asked. Yes, that's that's a ball. I just move. asked about it for Doug, and that was when he was pairing <laughs> it with the ping, uh, the the four ten LST head, which you actually hit the it's best heavier. out yeah. of every head. Um, the, let's say you hit it the straightest out of every head that he paired you with. Um, that wasn't the six hundred dollar triple black diamond Maverick Sub Zero. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, obviously they're trying to make a buck, and they have some margins that are a little higher than normal, I guess. But yeah. Um. But yeah. So I hit a bunch of drivers. I hit a bunch of shafts. I ended up hitting the. So quick lesson on Doug, real quick, and I don't want to keep this episode too long. But I spin the ball way too high. I hit down on the ball. Still, I'm like one of two golfers left on the planet that hits down on the ball off the tee. Um, my smash factor was like 1.42. And for people that don't know, it's supposed to be like 1.48. I didn't know that either there uh, or 0.48. I can't remember whatever it is, but I was a little bit under that. And then my angle of attack is complete dog shit. So <laughs> I hit, I don't know, probably 10 shafts and my, my current setup with my Callaway, I was hitting on the sim like 247 carry, rolling out to like 260-ish, 265 with like a 3,400 spin, 3,500 spin. Holy and, shit. And a smash factor of like 1.43. Well, okay. once they got me into the speeder shaft, which I know Jake thinks is a complete dog shit shaft, which it no, probably... No, no. It probably is, but if it gives me the best numbers, I don't really care what it is. So I don't think it's dog shit. I just think it's really like I don't like the feel of it. But it's right. like, for some people, it's perfect. Yeah. So that got when I was hitting with that one, my smash factor went up to like 1.48, 1.49. So I was there where it needed to be. I on a few shots that were probably a little bit of a pull, but I got the spin down to like 2,400, and then on most shots, let's say on average, it was like 2,900 or 3,000. After I'd hit about 80 balls, my back was going to blow up. So my spin at that point was like 3,500 again because I was just tired. Um, but we went from the speeder shaft, then I tried all the heads. I find, ended up with actually the Titleist TS4. I was hitting the best, but I just didn't like it because it's a smaller head, and I've never liked Titleist stuff, even though I think they've made improvements over the last couple of years with their stuff. For they sure. used to be like the worst uh, at, at, at Woods and Drivers. Their irons have been great, but... Um, I ended up going with, like Vince said, the triple back diamond head for the Maverick, which 
you cannot buy. I even called my Callaway rep afterwards from Wildcat, and he was like, can't sell you that, Ed. Um, so they got the plug there. It's basically like a pro head that you can get. Uh, again, like $1,100, like your driver, Jake. Um, and I think my numbers at that point were Smash Factor was where it needed to be. Um, my angle of attack was maybe a little bit better, but that's mostly set up with my swing. And my spin was somewhere like around 2,800, 2,900 on average. I, I had picked up about 13 yards of carry. And I guess total yardage, like another 10 yards roll there, probably more right now with how baked out everything here is in Houston. So I'm thinking about it. I, I've, I actually already went and got a little bit of a lesson on Monday from our buddy Chase, who's on our Gentleman's Cup team. I'm, I'm going back to hitting the cut uh, because I need to for my new club. Uh, and that's, I think helped my angle of attack and some other things already. So I would be interested if I went back, what my numbers would be now, if there was any significant change. Um, because like Vince will tell you, my, my angle of attack was just so bad. It's killing all my numbers or was so mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was the first time I'd ever done a driver fitting, you know, I've been fitted for irons a lot, but never done a, a driver fitting. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to see all the numbers and, and be in there and analyze and do all those things. So I highly recommend it for everybody. Yeah, I'll tell you what was also fascinating for me, because you brought up the ball speed numbers and all that stuff. I was surprised that there was like a way basically to dial in the shaft in terms of like what was giving you the best impact, like what was getting the ball out of the middle or like slightly Mm -hmm. middle to toe Mm -hmm. side for me was the best. And we were finding... Or, or my my fitter was finding like, hey, you know, we can get we can get a little bit more out of this. We can tweak a little bit more out of this. I think we can get it to a point where you might get like a maybe just a slight tick up on that smash factor. And I mean, he wasn't wrong because I, I told Vince when I got done the fitting on the phone um, when he put me in a particular uh, shaft, which was the it's like the Bryson shaft, the LA Golf Trono, um, for was what I got fit into. That was what was really expensive. Truly, I did see that change happen immediately where like I was getting a jump in ball speed. I was getting a much better launch, much better spin. And there were other shafts that were like in the ballpark, but they weren't doing it as consistently. Right. Like I was finding the middle or the hot spot um, more consistently with that setup than I was with the ping head and one other shaft that I really liked, which was the um, the new. Uh, what was it? Adila Rogue 130, which was felt amazing. It was great, but in the end, it just wasn't at the same level as the other one. So, yeah, yeah it, it is a cool co- process. It is cool to see how different shafts that all look the same and heads that kind of look similar, mm-hmm. completely different feels. Totally different. So, uh, yeah, it's it was fun. Felt like Bryson DeChambeau for half a day in there getting mm-hmm. uh, fitted. So we'll see what happens. I, I at this point, I'm sticking with the Epic. I. My new course, which I played last week for the first time at my country club, is very tight, old school golf course, not like Wildcat where I can spray it. So I'm in the middle of Jake and Vince both trying to find me a driving iron setup. I I got pricing today on the Cobra uh, driving iron, utility iron. So I may pull the trigger on that uh, because I love my five way. It's probably the best club in my bag. I just don't need to hit it out there. I need to hit something low and that runs out for me. So. I'm going to put the utility iron in the bag and uh, we'll go from there. That's really, uh, that's it. It was an interesting uh, dynamic. Vinny sat there, like I said, he coached me the whole time we were swinging. I don't know how people 
get fitted all the time like that because i like i said i'd hit like 80 shots on my my driver i was dying so i mean i was just able the only thing i think i said to you is i was able to see just looking at the numbers how uh how open you were at certain points i'm like doug you're you're way you know you're, you're swinging way in on this thing i'm like you're 10 degrees open right now i'm like just take one hit it try to hit a draw and then you're like all right and you start hitting some straight again but that was it yeah i mean my whole thing with my swing is my hands are were so far back at impact that it's just so shut coming through on coming in mm-hmm. um or so far back at setup sorry that it was the club was so shut coming in so i fixed that i'm hitting draw again or the cut so it should help some of the impact position as well so uh, for sure but i mean Trackman's an amazing tool it just shows oh, you so much data it's phenomenal. incredible you know, if they weren't like $20,000, I'd buy one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all I got for this week. Jake, you playing this weekend? Um, yeah, I, I'm probably playing the next couple of days. I don't I don't know if I have anything uh, big going on. Got, we got some rain coming in as well. You have, are you going back to school? What's the deal? You guys figured it out yet? Bro, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. If I go back to school, listeners out there, you might never hear from me again because like <laughs> 1,000% chance I'm going to get COVID if, if we go back to school so <laughs> yeah i might only have like two or three podcasts left in me at this point <laughs> yeah <I'll stop. laughs> they, they really haven't said anything uh some of the school districts in houston are just finally um mm-hmm. stating that they're doing starting online etc right um, it, it's district to district which is crazy i yeah. can't believe it's not mm-hmm. mandated in some way by the state um well i'm not going to turn this into a uh uh, education podcast. I will quickly say this. Obviously, Houston's in a crazy place with the coronavirus, and they have political leaders that look in a certain direction. So they're trying to get the economy or keep the economy going. And schools are a big part of that because that lets people go back to work. Up here, we are kind of in a downtick, which I think everybody now is um, letting their defenses down, which means inevitably we will go back to school for too many days with too many people in the room and then we'll have an, a blow up of COVID. So it's just the, you know, apples and oranges, you know, two dozen of one here and another dozen of whatever that saying is on the other side, who knows in the end, it's not time to go back, but I'm sure we're going back. So it is what it is. Good, 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 good. All right. Oh, we're done so with the education good. talk. Yes. Um, <laughs> we are moving on. We will see everybody uh, in two weeks as we prep for the first major of the year. Yep. We will, I guess we'll put out, uh, we're going to put out on Instagram uh, our picks for the WGC so that everybody gets to see me win my first one, which will probably have me <laughs> out after because we won't talk about it. So I'll get the win there next week. Uh, everybody enjoy. Watch the episode. If you're not already, subscribe to our Apple podcast and the Gram. Also, give our boy Logan uh, a look. He's one of the quarterbacks at the University of Houston. So good guy, good follow. Um, and uh, it's saying football season won't be back on time next year, which we already know. But with that, uh, Vinny, why don't you go ahead and take us home? All right, ballers. We hope you enjoyed the memorial recap. Um, you know, I'm ready for the 3M. If you get to go out and play this weekend, try to hit it straight. If not, reload. It's okay. Uh, we're Doug and I are praying for no rain. Try to get out on Friday, and I'm sure I'm going to need my breakfast ball then too. All right. We'll be talking to you. Thanks again. Mm-hmm.